Thank you for tuning in to Art to Heart, where I delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. Each episode sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans who bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Tune in for tips on tapping into your creative soul and for information about upcoming events in the arts community. I am here today with musician, composer, videographer, and most recently, game developer, Kurt Remke. Welcome, Kurt. Hey. Hey. Do you remember the inspiring moment when you decided you wanted to be a musician and composer and start dabbling in the arts? Uh, yeah. I started doing music pretty early on. Like, at six years old, I was playing guitar. Uh, I found a local... My family found a local person who would teach such a young age, uh, and she was a classical guitarist, so that's kind of how I got started, was just doing classical guitar. Um, and then I just kept playing guitar and you know, doing music throughout my high school, middle school, high school career, and then I just somehow ended up going to college for music. I wanted to go for film, so when I got to college, I bought a camera with some of my extra like scholarship money, yeah. <laughs> and so I would periodically make short films. I would compose works and then put video to it and just kind of make multimedia art. Um, so yeah, I pretty much, I've always done music and then, you know, I just always have loved film and all, all sorts of art forms. So I just am naturally wanting to mess with all, pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I composed my first work in college I started maybe writing some music like singer songwriter type stuff in high school but mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really serious about it I've never really been like super into writing music with like lyrics and like I it's just never I didn't start wanting to make music like in a popular style um, I was more interested in doing you know like more classical style more art music um, and then just obviously recently when I met with uh, Hope Arthur in school and her and I started writing music with lyrics and stuff like that together. And so I'm still doing a lot of that stuff with her. Um, but it's always been sort of like a, up until recently, it's been kind of like a backseat thing where, you know, that's just what I do for fun, kind of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I do um, all sorts of music composing. Um, specifically, I got into doing animation scoring and short films. And then I finally ended up, um, getting into video game stuff. It's just interesting format um, for music because things don't move in like a linear line like in film mm. or like an album or something. You listen to music and it's a it's a start time and an end time and things that happen in between is what you do and it never changes. And uh, so I got interested in video game stuff just because, you know, get the way games work, it's interactive. And so... Those interactions can inform composition. Um, it just seems more interesting to me to, to do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I bet. Yeah, that just – I don't know how your brain works, but for me, kind of going in and out of different mediums just seems really interesting. So thanks for sharing that little bit of information. My first recollection of you was hearing a stellar piece you made for one of the choreographers at Fort Wayne Dance Collective for the Halloween show that we do annually. Can you take us through your creative process when someone asks you to write a song for their project? Yeah, I I think um, usually I usually I try to just talk to you know 
whoever whoever is working on the project just really to get an understanding of what they you know what they want to get out of it or what the really it's mostly just like the end like people are making art for it to be seen and heard and so whatever they're going for whatever whatever they're trying to get the audience to feel um, mm. I want to make sure that I understand that from them what do you want the audience to feel when they hear this, uh, what, when they see it for like with dance? Um, so yeah, it's just getting that. And then hopefully they came to me because they liked stuff that I did before. So mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about not being myself. <laughs> I think it's always easy. It's, it's always much easier when people come to you knowing what you do and saying, Hey, I, I like what you do. And I think it'll add a lot to what I do. So, that's usually the case for me so far. Obviously, a lot of um, getting started in composition, you have to do a lot of work that um, you might not want to do, or I don't know. So far, I'm, I haven't really had to, and it's not because I'm like super successful at all. I've just been, you know, surrounded by like-minded people for the most part, so it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I just like to, you know, get a comprehensive understanding of what they want out of it. Um, and then I just start going, kind of just listening to my gut, um, and starting composing. I really like to share stuff constantly. I like to like, I like for people to hear it early on, um, what I'm working on, and then to give an honest feedback, like you, you know, because I'd rather know early on if it's just totally not what they're going for. Which happened with that dance collective mm. piece. Originally, I had um, originally I'd written like a bunch of classical guitar work for mm -hmm. it. Like it was like a more of a waltz. Um, it started kind of ambient and then turned into this more waltz, you know, thing. And then the dancer was like, I don't really, that's not really where I wanted to take the choreography because mm -hmm. it was, it was obviously a much more like once you, once you develop a waltz, then it kind of, it must really inform what the dance has to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, right. So and that, and like sometimes you get those moments where you really felt like it needed to go here and then it just isn't quite right for the project. And mm -hmm. then you, you just kind of have to realize that. And it's not because anyone doesn't understand your vision. It's just sometimes visions don't line up. And then when you, you know, when you, when you really embrace what the person wants, then I think that's what ends up being the best thing. I mm -hmm. mean, it just, you know. Yeah. That's always the most interesting thing to me about collaborating is that you can't necessarily have two people completely driving the ship. So being able to listen to one another and somebody has to take a backseat at some point, then another person maybe and hopefully is willing to take a backseat at another point so that you can both clearly have your vision seen somewhere throughout the project. And I think that piece was such a standout moment for me and why I remember you so well because I had already known that choreographer dancer style and I do think that the piece that you created was so abstract but yet really clear of what you guys were both trying to portray and it was very very cool um, who are your biggest musical inspirations now that was the question I was going to ask you but I'm wondering if we even want to elaborate and you can tell us if you have any inspirations with videography and maybe even in the gaming world. Who are you looking at these days? So when it comes to music, especially right now because I'm doing a lot of game scores, I do listen to, I listen to a ton of game scores all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I really like, 
I like composers who are a lot, it's probably because they're more like me as a person. <laughs> they, there's a lot of composers in video games that are just in it because they like video games and like learned how to make music because of it. But then there are like the more classically minded ones and you mm -hmm. can always kind of tell like that their forms and harmonic, uh, you know, development is just much more of a mature, I don't know. They, they just seem to, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will compose music that's just very simple and loops well or whatever, but you can really tell when, when a composer has something more to, to give in terms of like their classical understanding of, of what music, how, how to write music. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I listen to a lot of, uh, like there's this, there's a um, composer called Floex that does a lot of like orchestral, um, music game scores, uh, Disaster piece, uh, Rich Vreeland, he does a lot of film scores and uh, and video game scores. But yeah, just uh, usually just the composers that are a little bit more um, classical in terms of like the way that they work with form and, and harmony. Uh, I haven't really been watching a lot of films anymore. Um. I used to watch all the time. Like in college, I in the summers, I would go to the you know, family video or whatever and pick up like 10 and then like finish them all within that weekend and then, you know, just keep the cycle up because I just wanted to be a filmmaker um, for a long time. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go, I wanted to go to film school and it just didn't quite make any sense. But yeah, so I, I, I don't know, I really like, um, I don't know if I can think of anyone in particular. Um, when I was in college, I loved, uh, like the technical style of David Fincher. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to, I, I liked the way he frames stuff personally and, and it really impacted the way I like, not, not just view film, but the world. Uh, I just like kind of, I don't know, his, his films always made me like look at the world differently when I went outside after the movie was over. Or whatever. <laughs> so um, I like that and I like like more surreal stuff. Like my girlfriend and I have been watching a bunch of Lynch, David Lynch, mm -hmm. just because, you know, Twin Peaks, and so we good. loved the new one, and, like, watched the crap out of it, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know, I like, I like a lot of uh, different films, though, I, I, I'll watch pretty much anything, um, I don't know, we just, we, we saw that Spider-Man movie, too, and it was really good, the animated one. Oh yeah? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll watch anything. So, but... all over the board. And same with music, like, same with music, I, I listen, I try to listen to quite a bit, um, I feel like in college, I was trying to be more academic with my tastes just so that I could grow mm -hmm. in a, in a specific direction. Um, but now I, 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 I'll just listen to anything. I mean, yeah. whatever, whatever piques my fancy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You work closely with someone else I've had on Art to Heart, Hope Arthur, and you mentioned her a little earlier today. I actually got to dance to your music, um, both of you, while wearing virtual reality glasses on my head and people watched us perform and this was at Middle Waves. What is it like working with Hope and what have you guys accomplished together? Working with Hope it has uh, always been such an organic experience from the beginning. Um, it was, we just got together and uh, I think we started working on music for i think the first time we ever worked together was writing for whistle choir oh <laughs> like we like that we invented uh we decided we were gonna write all all whistle and vocal 
maybe some like body sounds or something. The idea was that everything came from the human body. Oh my gosh, um, how cool. We did one show. <laughs> that's actually the band Silbo Gamero. That's what we played with you with. Yeah. But it just turned into that um, just because we found out like people hate whistling <laughs> and, like, and no one wanted, no one wanted what we thought we wanted, you know? So we, yeah, we did that. And then we started playing in a couple different bands. I helped hope with just like miscellaneous instrumental stuff with her Hope Arthur orchestra, just playing whatever she needed on a song. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We still work together quite a bit. She just moved to Chicago in the last year but we're still keeping it up. And um, yeah, I think we, we just, we really trust each other and we're really, uh, we communicate really well together. Um, and I feel like we have a trust that I can, we can show each other anything that we've been working on and there's no like judgment. Yeah. There's no awkwardness where I'm, we're not like trying to impress each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually end up liking whatever the other one's working on and, and, figure out how to enhance it in some way with what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's so far it's just been a lot of, we, we work like this anyway, so it kind of works out that she's not in the same city. It doesn't really quite matter because usually one of us has an idea and then we throw it at the other and then let them kind of do whatever they want with it. Um, just some regard. I mean, obviously you have to stay true to what it was. But mm-hmm. but yeah, so we'll, we'll write songs here and there and just send it, send it on Facebook and then start coming up with ideas uh this weekend actually i'm gonna go to chicago and do recording for the silbo gamero group um and we're, we're just slowly trying to put together an album um so yeah wow do you think that you two also push each other um to kind of explore something you haven't already explored or do better that's always a very uh, scary term in the art field is do better but to do more something different I think so um hope has like a very specific like harmonic language that she uh, is attracted to and and easily composes and I have the same and and they're different than each other so that's really cool Um, Mm -hmm. and then but then on top of that I think hope has always had like these big bigger dreams of what her music would sound like uh like she was doing the hope arthur orchestra where it was all orchestrated Mm -hmm. and then that was so cool but i know that she she also has all sorts of like electronic tastes but she never really she didn't go through the life path that taught her that stuff and i did Mm. and so um i think initially the it worked out that, you know, she wanted to do some things that were a little bit more electronic oriented and, and I knew how to do it cause I went to school for it. And, you know, so it just, it kind of worked out that, um, if she wants something a specific way, then I can figure out kind of what she wants and we can collaborate with the sound creation, but I at least know how to drive. And I think she's getting, she's learning more of that on her own now too. So, um, so that it's not so, like dependent on one or the other, but I, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, it just seems, it seems like a natural, like we, I I definitely do think that we bring good out of each other, um, and challenge to sound different, um, which is great because it, after I I get like addicted to a, a a version of a song that I write, like Mm -hmm. I'll write something and then record it. And then I feel like it's the best version and I can't make it any better. 
Um, and it's usually not true. Um, and I'm getting better at realizing that, <laughs> that like I need to go back and listen and be like, yeah, I could do this like 10 times better. And to the point now where I'm, I'm almost like hypercritical and like, even with this record that we're doing, um, there are many of the songs that I just am not happy with where they're at. And so I think that it's just, uh, it's, it's an ex- interesting experience to go into it and be like, I like what we've been doing and I think it works, but I want to, you know, push it. Um, and I have like a certain idea as to how I want the record to sound. And so it's just, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's just like, you know, I, I mean, I, I know what I'm doing, but um, I just don't, I've never done a record, like a full record like that before. And I, I just know that what I like out of music is I like to hear a record that really sounds like a cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to do anything that's not that way because then I, if I, I would know that if I heard it, I wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just been an interesting experience of trying to re- go back to um, material that we like and figure out how to make it better. And, yeah, it's just an interesting cycle. I love that. I know what I'm doing. But I kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it sounds like you guys truly have a perfect partnership. What has been your biggest or just your favorite artistic accomplishment? Either one that you'd like to share. <laughs> I, I think the game stuff is like the most exciting. That It's the most excited I've ever been. Um I feel like there there have been successes in every project that I've done, and, and then obviously there's flaws. And I think I think it's easy to just be. I'm I'm most into the thing that I'm working on, like in that current moment. So I I just think that that's that's a good thing. I, I'm you know diving into a world that I you know want to be in, and so yeah, just like even I, I'm scoring a game right now that's uh, from a small indie developer uh, team in Toronto. And, um, it's just, a. I just mesh with the style of the game really well. And I, and I I just really feel like I have the freedom to do whatever I want and it's pushing, it's, it's creating a body of work that I'm pretty proud of right now. And and I'm excited to like get it finished. And, but yeah, so I, I I don't know, I guess just whatever I'm working on, I, I really like, but I, I started out with like a performance art piece. Um, and then I, I felt strongly about that and I and then I ended up doing um, the art exhibition with Andrew Dubach where I did I scored his sculptures and we did like you know, had headphones sitting next to sculptures oh, at that the is gallery so neat. and that one I think that that was probably the most successful I've ever been at capturing it, like at doing what I wanted to do and making the audience feel the way that I wanted them to. I think that that was probably like the artistic, um, probably like the biggest success. And we, both of us know, I mean, because Dubak and I were both guards at, at the art museum in town at the time. And so mm-hmm. we, we were like really used to watching people like fly through a gallery and just not look at anything. And so our big thing was just like, how do we keep people in front of the pieces for longer how do we get them to engage? And and so that was, you know, it was it was a pretty obvious step that we were like, well, let's attach music to them and, you know, see if people will at least sit through the audio while they you know, look at it and yeah. create a create a conversation between 
you know, what they're hearing and what they're seeing and see if they ask themselves questions about the work that they maybe wouldn't before. And yeah, it just seemed like it, when we, when we saw the open for that show at Wunderkammer way back, it was just like, it was just bizarre. Like people were <laughs> really like engaged and all ages and all types of people just seemed to, it like opened them to experience both of our works in a way that was much more accessible, I think, than it usually is on standalone. Like, it just, yeah. That's incredible. That's cool that it worked that way, that you kind of almost saw a need for what should be happening in those artistic experiences and then uh, kind of pushed the audience and drove them to do what you wanted them to do. That's like a pretty much everything I do. I mean, that's how I got into video game stuff too, was I just, I knew that I wanted to compose music. And I'm not saying this as like, this is fact how it is, but in my opinion and how I've interacted with music, there are very specific reasons that society like will listen to music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's really hard to get people to listen to your music if it's not either already like, a famous piece of work or if it's not attached to a film or attached to something where people are engaged in, you know, uh, an experience of like, I'm going to sit down and see a dance performance and people listen to the music and they understand the music, even, even if it's uh, something that they would never listen to, you know, at home, they wouldn't sit down and put headphones on and listen to it. But in that moment, they're engaging with your, with the music because they're, connecting it to these dancers and they're seeing how it, it has inspired those people to move and, you know, and maybe how the movement it, um, could inspire the music as well. So it's just, uh, it just seems easier for me in the, in this sort of like, I guess art, art climate. I don't know. It's probably always been this way, but yeah, it just seems like, um, it's really hard to get people to just sit down and listen to your music. And, and I almost can't, don't feel like I can ask them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't know. Um, it seems like a really, in my opinion, it, it, I, I always feel kind of selfish. And so it's just like, if I can, if I can connect my music to something that gives it some sort of purpose. Yeah. Something that is already relatable right. to an audience. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it might be laziness. I don't know, but it, I've just noticed that, my whole life, every new thing that I develop or a new thing that I start getting into, it's because I'm, you know, just trying to figure out how to be heard in a way that's not just like asking the world of people. You had mentioned that it might be laziness. In my personal opinion, it's really smart. So kudos to you for thinking outside the box. So another tough question. If you had to choose just one, Music or videography? I mean, it's definitely music. Um, I, you know, I've worked in, I, I loved film and um, right out of college, I, or I, in college I started getting an internship over at PBS 39 and I direct over there now their live shows and I, I've worked a lot of different video gigs around town and I love it. But um, yeah, I think my, my mentality has always been that if I could, if I could center my life around making music the way that I want to, then that's you know the, the that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why you know like what we were talking about earlier. That's why I'm constantly trying to figure out how I can connect to all these different types of 
media forms just because it's much easier to to work you know work more in music when i'm when i'm doing that um but yeah video is awesome and i could do music for video <laughs> there you go <laughs> in film because that's what, like when i started doing those why i did this series with art link called why i create um mm-hmm. it's a video series about artists in town in the, in the region and um a big plus for me was that I had, like, I did it all, and so I could score it and do music for those even. So it just it just made sense. Um, I think it's always everything I do is always a, an attempt to work in music more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Is there a specific message that is frequent between all of your art, or does every piece have its own separate message? Do you as an artist have one message that you're trying to say, or is it always just dependent on what you're working on? Um, it's usually, usually I, I, like I keep a journal and I, I try to, it seems like the more I, when I read my journal or like when I look through what, what my thoughts have always been, it, it always lines up with what I, what I'm creating in that mm. time. And I think that, so I think that naturally I, I create works that reflect my mindset. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I think the last like two years or so, it's definitely been without me even realizing it, I'll just like start analyzing lyrics or whatever, or like looking at what a project is about. A big one that, <laughs> that comes up a lot is uh, climate change and, mm. and, uh, just the effects of human, you know, the human experience of like it on, on earth and, um, to a point that I, yeah, I don't even realize it until I start digging in, but, um, I think it's just something that is on my mind a lot and, you know, it, it just, it just seems like it needs to be talked about more and, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I do that a lot. Um, Hope and I will, are constantly writing music about that without, you know, like, like I said, I mean, I mean Hope's usually a lot more intentional with her lyrics. Like mm-hmm. she's so much more, um, yeah, just, it just seems like she's much more intentional about what she's writing. And in music, I think in terms of how she composes just the music and also her lyrics and where I'm very like stream of conscious and almost abstract with my own connection to how I think and how I write. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of let things happen. I, I go, go with the flow a lot with my even just life choices. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's why when I start to read my journals, I'm like, oh, okay, that's like, I just think this way. And, you know, just, I don't know. Whenever I have little freakouts, I have like little existential crises. It's, it's, always, <laughs> it's always because I, I stop flowing with the, mm-hmm. with the motion, the natural flow. And I like consider what I've been doing for the last two years, and I'm like, wait, why have I just been going with the flow? And mm-hmm. then I realize that that's just how I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but no, it for sure freaks me out because I'll realize I just made like two years of decisions without ever considering what they mean for the future and and what I'm gonna, you know, where where this work is gonna take me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm getting better at that. Um, I have to, especially nowadays. Where I just don't want to, I don't want to keep taking projects on for the sake of it. I think early on you have to, because oh, there's sure. not a lot of projects. Yeah. And, 
It's like, I guess anything that anyone wants me to do, I'm going to jump on. Cause <laughs> yeah. it, sounds, it sounds cool. And I'm, you know, otherwise what else am I going to do? Yeah. But I'm finally getting to the point where I can be like, is this worth my time? <laughs> like, are we, you know, is it something I've already kind of said with a piece before and do I need to say it again? Anyway, I don't even remember where that started. <laughs> well, and that's a great segue, though, onto my next question. So what is next for you? Do you have a plan, or are you still okay with kind of going with the flow? Yeah, well, we Hope Hope has been expressing interest in, in, in making records with the bands, and we've mm-hmm. always been kind of moving toward it, obviously, because we've been writing songs, and what do you do with the songs? Yeah. Other than perform them, but... So yeah, um, we're definitely going to do that, record some records. Um, I'm personally just, uh, 2019, I like told myself I'm not going to do anything um, that's not video game related, except for band stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm already making like, I'm staying true to it, but <laughs> like people have asked me to do things recently and I'm like, all right, how can I make that like a band thing so that I can do it? Cause I, <laughs> there you go. yeah, like I have to make it work somehow cause it sounds cool, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to stay focused for at least a year on one specific thing just because I think that it's necessary if I want to, um, you know, develop a, I just want to build a foundation that I can start to. Um, hopefully be more composing for a job and, and less, you know, just doing it on the side while I work a bunch of jobs because that's how it's been. Um, and I finally quit one of my jobs because the work was enough to at least get rid of one. And that was like a great that's feeling. And, awesome. And then it was like, can I get rid of one of these other ones? <laughs> like, I, how many can I get rid of and how can I keep doing this? Because it, it, it's one of those tough parts of art making is, you know, once you start to really do these big projects, you start to see exactly what you could do with a project if you had the time. Um, and that's one thing that I think a lot of people try to ignore that and be like, no, we're good. And I think it's because we have to. It's like a survival instinct. But right. for me, I'm just like... I just know for a fact that I can make this piece of music so much better if I was getting paid to to do it as my life, you know, for, mm-hmm. for how I, li- I live because I could spend every hour of my day, which I do. I mean, I go to work in the morning, I get off work, and then I work on art or I work on my music for a good, like, four or five hours before dinner and then either do a little bit more work, squeeze it in, or, mm-hmm. like, just hang out. But yeah. It's like really, it's really hard to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. So the idea is to, I, um, yeah, I'm just taking a year doing video game stuff. Obviously, we haven't even talked about it yet, but there's a big project I've been working on called Soundwalk, which is a thing that I'm developing, and it's like it's basically an app that uh, connects music and um, audio to GPS locations so that you can like score fi- like physical locations like a park or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm blending that into the video game stuff just cause yeah. it is like, I'm coding all of that and I'm, you know, developing it. Um, and I'm working on a video game of my own with a local artist and Huey and we're doing, they're doing all the art. I'm doing the music and we're both writing it together and, 
developing the whole thing. Um, and that's like kind of a, it's a weird game. Uh, it, it's pretty much about climate change too. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's definitely like, I don't know. I think that's uh, this year is just trying to finish a couple of those big projects, finish the game score that I'm working on, which should be done within the next month. It's got a big deadline and then hopefully get more game scores and just keep working. I guess if I don't get a game score, I'll just keep making my game. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was called, the big project is the Sound Garden. Sound Walk. Sound Walk. Yeah. Is this with um, any collaborators in Fort Wayne? Yes. I mean, I have involved people in Fort Wayne um, for, like, early demos and mm-hmm. things just because I'm like, hey, I'm making this thing and I need to test it. So, <laughs> like, I, I personally, like, scored a bunch of music to the Fryman Square mm-hmm. um, Park and then I asked some writers locally to write like a quick demo of like maybe a short like audio play or something mm. so that I could I could play around with mapping you know a, a narrative to a location so that you're hearing you're like following like a audio narrative that's tracking throughout the, the park or something so it just like I'm testing it and getting people involved and getting excited about it um, and then we got a grant from the uh, I guess the Indiana the, the government um, to do an experience at the Little Turtle Memorial. Yeah. Um, And that's a collaboration between myself and George Ironstrack, who is a a Miamia tribe person who works over at the uh, Miami University in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so he and I have been, basically the concept is we're just recording interviews with uh, just any, any one of the Miamia tribe who will participate um, and just kind of hearing from them as to what it's like living in the United, not even just in the United States, but in this region where they once had a village and like what it's, what it's like to experience a life that has been attempted to be erased from like local history and, you know, local government Mm. and, and, uh, and just how, how does it, how, what's it like to, to live here? Um, and so, and then we're going to map those voices to the uh, area. And it's pretty much close to being finished right now. Um, so it'll be released eventually within the next month or so. <laughs> that is incredible. Congrats. Thanks. So that kind of opportunity, is that something that you think would have been available to you if you didn't live in a unique small big town like Fort Wayne Um, what are your thoughts about being an artist here in Fort Wayne yeah I don't know I think about that a lot because you know like friends of mine will move out move to a different city and it's just a different you know animal I'm sure and I've never lived anywhere but smaller towns than here and then here um I personally feel I I used to live in like LaGrange County, um, a villa, tiny little city in, in northern Indiana, like just all these small towns. And I never, all of my friends are always like, I want to get out and I, I can't stand being here. And I, I just personally, I think I've just always been too like focused on what I'm working on to mm-hmm. like really care where I'm at. Yeah. And so when I come to Fort Wayne, I, I have considered this just because, you know, um, there's not a lot of people doing all the different things that I'm doing, and that comes with pluses and, and 
negatives. It's it's like, you know, there's there's not a lot of people doing work exactly the way that I'm doing it. But then if I go to Chicago, there's like a ton that are all doing like stuff in the same vein. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of competition maybe, and but then with competition, there's you know room for growth and challenge. True. And then on top of that, there's an audience where like, you know maybe I wouldn't have to try so hard to connect my music to other things that people care about <laughs> because there's like a whole noise music scene or whatever. And you know, who knows? Yeah. But even that, I think like national trends are that people are noticing that those, there might be those audiences here and there, but those audiences are very separated and they're not, um, it's not like an all inclusive thing. So yeah, I think that, Either way, I think I would always still be trying to do what I'm doing, trying to connect, especially when I'm talking, you know, when we're doing things like talk, you know, singing about climate change or whatever. If you're only singing to like that one group that all thinks the same way, then it's not really going to do anything. Not evoking change. And maybe it won't do anything anyway, but it's just like, you know, if, yeah, you just don't want to sing to the same group and play music to the same people all the time. Yeah. That's very fair. <laughs> so if you met someone on the street who didn't know anything about you, what is the one thing that you'd like to tell them? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I usually have headphones in and I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm on my own. Like, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. Should um, they bother you? I don't know. <laughs> or leave you alone. I I. I don't know. Or a listener of this podcast wants to know one thing about you. What should they know? I guess just try out some of the stuff I'm working on. And and, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to – me as a person, I just – I don't know. I I feel like I'm I'm so wrapped up in what I work on. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much the – it's pretty much all of who I am is everything that I work on. Um. So I just feel like if they want to know more about it, then just listen to this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, so to learn more about Kurt, just we have to listen consume to Consume all of consume. my stuff. Yes. <laughs> but, no, I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I just, people, my family jokes about it, my friends that I've lost touch with, um, everyone just kind of jokes that if they want to, if they want to see me or do anything with me, they have to like work on a project with me. <laughs> and it's been a constant, it sucks. I hate hearing it because I know it, it, it almost makes me wish I had like lived far away or something. And I didn't have to, to worry about the fact that, you know, like I, I, I am like light years away sometimes when it comes to like my, my interest in, in what I want to do with my day to day. I mm-hmm. want to just work on stuff. And yeah. I love seeing people and, but it's just like the current, the current stage that I'm at. It's almost just like there's, I have to like really focus and maybe get better at like balancing. Like so relationships I'm, and work. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I, it sucks. <laughs> but that being said, yeah, I, I think it's probably true that if you, if, if, if there's anything to understand about me, it's just probably in what I work on and, uh, or I don't know, just come get a cup of coffee or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I love chatting, but you know. 
So how is the best way for people to delve into your artistic work that's out there? What are, how can we find you? What are your plugs? <laughs> Go for it. All right. I've got a website. It's uh, www.spaceowlproductions.com. And that's pretty much a, a name that I came up with for my video work. And then I just kind of started throwing everything. What is it? Space Owl? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's uh, my grandpa used to, he actually was like a manager at the Grand Wayne for a while. Mm-hmm. And he helped build the, or he helped develop the firefighter museum because he was a firefighter around here. And, so cool. Yeah. It's just like a really rich history here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he used to reenact during like Appleseed Fest and all that kind of stuff. And he used to make these little like, he used to do these metal pourings. And he did this one that I ended up getting when he died. Uh, my dad gave me, he I could choose from these little metal working things that he had made. And I chose this one because it was super weird. It was just like, it looked like a space owl. Like it looked like an owl that came from outer space. It had like a space suit on or something oh, and I'm just like what is this and like why did he make it <laughs> so I don't know what it is but I just decided to like make that my like weird moniker online or whatever why not um, but yeah so that's that's the website spaceoutproductions.com and I pretty much just put all my projects on there when they're finished I put them up there with links and mm-hmm. um, I do twitter at spaceoutpro pretty much only do Twitter for the video game world because okay. it's really easy to connect to the indie scene that way. Uh, um, it just it just thrives there for some reason. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm on Facebook, and that's pretty much just a thing. I don't know. I, I try to only post project stuff mostly just because that's really all I do. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah. Oh, and then uh, we do have a website for the Soundwalk app. It's soundwalkapp.com. Soundwalkapp.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we'll have to check you out on all of those different oh. platforms. Oh, and there's another platform. And Bandcamp. Uh, we have the silvogamero.bandcamp.com. That's where, like, our EP is. Spotify. It's on Spotify. And this is with you and Hope. That's Hope, yeah. Yep. Hope and I. And then um, there's the... Um, Creepy ragtime band where we have Bloody Tambourine in the Music. Yes, that's that, so good. <laughs> that has a band camp too. I think it's bloodytambourine.bandcamp.com. And then that's not on Spotify. We're working on an album. We just recorded like all the tracks and we're mm-hmm. just currently trying to finish it up. Um, and same with Silvo Gamero. We're recording in Chicago this weekend. And we'll probably record a couple more times there throughout the next couple months and hopefully have something. I don't know. So that'll that'll be somewhere, probably on Spotify. <laughs> Sweet. We'll have to check that out. Well, thanks so much for sharing your information with us today and letting us tap into your brain for a minute. I appreciate it. And we'll um, probably check in with you down the road. Cool. Thank you. See you.